0: Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Time Extend. Joining me today, as always,
1: is... Brendan Rorison, and, uh, well, you don't have to just put with my voice today, Adam, because uh, we also have another guest here. Um, you want to introduce yourself?
2: Hey, it's your fellow Sega boy, <laughs> Jason, a.k.a. kusanagi Sixty We're here to talk about some Virtua today.
0: Yeah, VR. Or some
2: new virtual, I should <laughs> say.
0: V- VR, but not not that kind of VR. The the other kind of VR. The definition of VR before like uh 2010. That yeah. kind of VR. Yeah. Uh today we're talking about Hotshot Racing, um which is uh at first glance um kind of like a a sort of tribute to virtual racing, but as as I'm sure we'll talk about uh, kind of a, a confluence of a lot of different arcade racing games that we all uh, that we all enjoy and you know If you've been listening to Time Extend for a while, you know, Brenda and I of course love our Sega Racers and we love virtual Racing uh, But Jason uh, is as much uh, as much of a devout uh, uh, Disciple of the school of Sega Arcade Racing as we are uh, perhaps even more so um, because
2: Oh, definitely.
0: Over the years, I've seen like all the stuff that you used to do for Sega Nerds, and you have uh, Mega Visions podcasts and stuff. And you, you, you know your way around the Sega, one could say.
2: Oh, definitely. So let's see how that whole started. If I can go into like a little quick story. Of course. How that whole started was I was checking Twitter randomly one day and I've like always messed around with Sega Racers. Like I've always messed around on Meme and just played stuff like GP Rider, Outrun, Turbo Outrun. And just like studied a bunch of them all at once. And then I ended up coming up with this idea of, hey, why don't I just write about these Sega racers is not everybody talks about because you hear everybody talk you know Sega Rally, Daytona, Virtual Racing. What are you going to hear everybody somebody bring up Outrunners or GP Rider or like one of those weird ones? So then I just wrote up a big article and then sent it into Sega Nerds and that was that from there and then here we are five years later.
0: That's awesome. Yeah that's yeah, like it's crazy. That uh, kind of reminds me of sort of how I got my start rank for GT plan a little bit. Uh, and, and I think at that point, like some of your, some of your Sega nerd stuff was, um, was like floating around. I had seen it and it was like an inspiration because, you know, people weren't talking about like really obscure racing games. And I was like, well, if, uh, if this guy's going to talk about F1 challenge, then maybe I can write about, I don't know, our racing evolution or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, it's kind of this, uh. This this inspiration that I that I have to thank you for because there are obviously as as we all know not a lot of people talk about these things on the oh, internet. Oh,
2: definitely, yeah. Like F1 Challenge, I side with you on F1 Challenge. That's still one of my favorite Saturn games. F1 Challenge, I think it is might be my favorite Saturn game. Ooh,
0: that's that's I don't I can't say the same, but it is very good, and I'm sure lots of people have never played it or know about it. Uh, Brendan, yeah. have have you ever played F1 Challenge?
1: I haven't indeed, no. so I'd, I'd fall into that category now. I feel
0: as if I'm missing out, though. It's it's one of those games that, like, I, I feel like a lot of people probably ignored it because uh, Pygnosis had their Formula 1 games on the PS1, and those were much more, yeah. like, for the time realistic, but also, like, they had, like, the full F1 presentation, and I think, like, Murray Walker was, like, in the game and stuff, whereas, like, F1 Challenge is some studio that, like, barely ever existed. Uh, making yeah, exactly. basically like a, a, a pretty solid F1 game for a Saturn, but it's uh, it, it's much more arcade than the Pygnosis ones. It only has like five or six cars and like six tracks. If I had to make a weird
2: comparison, <laughs> I'd compare it to like a Formula One version of Ridge Racer, like original Ridge Racer, because you have the three Formula One tracks, and then you just have the three tracks that connect to each other, like Ridge Racer 1
1: yeah it sounds yeah,
2: weird true. but it makes sense
0: and and the the extra tracks are called like neo city so so they're very like they, they do actually kind of remind me of ridge racer tracks and i think about it because they're, they're kind of in the city that's a little bit futuristic but there's also like different parts of the city like there's a mountain and all the other good stuff and there's a bridge because you know what what's your old school arcade racer without a bridge
2: exactly you gotta have your yeah. bay bridge <laughs>
0: Yeah, and there are lots of bridges in uh, in hotshot racing. So, uh to to, you know, work that segue in. Yeah. Um yeah, so we all we all played the beta and and Brendan, you, you and I had the episode um probably like uh, two months ago or something like that at this point yeah. where we we talked about the game a little bit. Um and it, it's interesting cuz like in the last 2 months I haven't been thinking a lot about hotshot racing, but I know that when I played the beta, I enjoyed it. I unfortunately wasn't able to do any multiplayer racing and still actually haven't done any multiplayer racing, which is, like, sort of a shortcoming on my end because, like, I know that a lot of people say that, like, that's where the game really shines. Uh, but I I liked what I played of it before. Um, and and the, the final version is essentially the same as the beta. I mean, the beta was, like, the full game, which I kind of couldn't believe.
2: Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe that either. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I just felt bad like because I game. got the beta and I just started playing through the single player because I couldn't, I didn't play online. So I was like, "Am I supposed to be doing this right now?" Right. Playing through the entire campaign before the game's even out.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I when I downloaded, it's actually funny. I didn't even really need to to download the game again because I guess a build, the beta build of it was already on my machine. I didn't even know it was still there. And so like once I switch off of the beta track to like the public track and I had paid money to get the game, um, I I had all of my progress retained. Like I was like halfway through the single player and all of that good
2: stuff. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I mean Yeah, I got a couple of I got a couple of multiplayer races in with the beta. It was fun, it felt like different class it felt, it feels the class balancing feels weird in multiplayer a little between the different car types. But it was a good time. I need to get more multiplayer in before I like make a full-on decision about that. Definitely. But, so so did, do you have it for PC? Uh, I have it for Switch, though I am going to get it for PC. Uh, soon.
0: Okay, yeah. So Brendan, you have it for Switch. And I'm really curious as to how the Switch experience is, because I'm playing it on PC.
1: Yeah, I, I went for Switch purely because we, we often talk about how, and maybe this is becoming modern, more of a, a silly take to have but the switch didn't have many racers so i've, I've always kind of committed to buying ones that could work reasonably well and um, on the handheld and hotshot does run pretty damn great on it smooth 60 frames per second for like the majority of gameplay and um it definitely feels at home there the lack of analog triggers doesn't impact it, that sort of thing so i just fancied having it uh, from a portable mindset so far oh yeah definitely
2: it handles really well on Switch, I can I can say that. I have noticed a little bit of artifacting when you boost and everything just the picture gets clearer instead of the there's filtering everywhere. But other than that, yeah, it runs fine. Full sixty slows down maybe a tiny bit, but not by much. The performance is good, all the UI works perfectly. It's a good port.
0: Yeah. I,
2: I, I feel it feels very similar to the PC and console versions.
0: Yeah, I, in retrospect, I kind of wish I would gotten it for Switch, but then also because I already have VR on Switch and they are kind of similar games, I, I didn't really <laughs> feel like I needed it there. Um, and there's no VR port for, uh, for PC, obviously. So Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's weird, because I, I really huh. liked why I played of the game at first, and now that I've gone back to it, I'm enjoying it, but I'm not enjoying it as much as I remember enjoying it before. And nothing changed. Like it's all it's all on my end.
2: Um, yeah, but, I get
0: that. Yeah, I guess uh, if if one of you wants to start, just just talking about like you know your general impressions, how it's been going for you, so on.
2: Yeah,
1: I can uh, kick us off then. Um, yeah, go for so it, far. Brad. I found it to be a, quite a, a middling experience, sadly. Um, I think initially I was really impressed with the the visuals, the general polish, the, the audio design are all pretty top notch, especially for a game emulating this type of arcade racing experience. It's great to see how everything just comes together really well on track. Um, the only kind of slight um, disagreement I have with the visual style is that it's a little bit too clean looking at times, as silly as that sounds like it's just that benefit of having modern hardware trying to run a kind of low system requirement polygonal graphics. At times it does seem a bit like Sorry. it doesn't quite work um, but for the most part it's all good um, The kind of the main gist of my experience, like I said, it's been middling purely because the actual race experience just hasn't engaged me as much as I would have liked I've played through the campaign mode initially on normal, which at that point, after completing on normal, I was very much in the camp of I do not like this game. Once I moved Mm -hmm. to expert and got to the the kind of the faster speed class, um, when it becomes a bit more engaging, I felt as if it was a bit more of a fun experience. But ultimately, I feel as if a lot of the gameplay look doesn't actually seem inspired by the way the the ones that the graphic styles are. Trying to kind of show off so graphically it kind of emulates sega in a lot of ways gameplay wise it was a bit of a shock to the system for me because i don't see much of that lineage there at all which is all fine it was just initially a bit of a shock for me um i think i said before i'm not really a fan of uh, games that have very aggressive ai combined with collision physics that can really start to handle the gameplay I feel as I thought shot kind of suffers from that a little bit I mean, that's just my kind of general summary at the moment before we talk about it a bit more. It's a pretty fun experience, the drifting feels... Uh, I think this drum's been beaten to death already. It feels pretty in, kind of um, influenced by Sumo's involvement quite outrun 2006-ish in some ways. Um, but generally speaking, it drives well enough. I just feel as if the core racing uh, mechanics aren't quite there. One of the things I think we'll talk about later on, especially and this is pretty much the biggest negative, is the
0: track design, and that's kind of where I stand. Hmm. Interesting. What about you, Jason?
2: I I like it as a whole. Like, I like the whole virtual aesthetic, and I like that the handling's a little, like, outrun too, and it's chaotic drifting-wise. The expert class, yeah, I do agree. Those, those AI can be ridiculous. Like... It, it goes to a point where you're trying to race normally, and you're trying to hold a really good line in nail drifts. And then meanwhile, you just get the pack catching up to you and just spinning you out entirely, and it can ruin your entire race. Like, Or you just go on one straightaway, and then you expect everybody to drive straight, and it's just bumper cars the entire time. Like. Yeah. Uh, like I'm with aggressive AI, but give me aggressive AI that'll like keep lines with me and like keep with me and not crash around like we're in a game of burnout revenge.
0: <laughs> yeah I I totally agree with the with the um, arguments about the AI. Um, I don't have a problem with rubber banding. This is an arcade racing game that's fine. I don't even have a problem with the AI hitting me as much as they do. The issue I have is with the collision system because I feel like if, if the way the game dealt with collisions was different than yeah. in the way that a lot of other arcade racing games handle collisions, then it wouldn't really matter that they hit you as much as they do. I mean, like, other cars can, like, hit yeah. you in, like, Daytona or Scud Race, like, one of those old AM2 racing games, and, like, they actually don't really impede you at all. Um, They just kind of, like, it's almost like there's no collision detection because they're still kind of just, like they're next to you and then they're on the RSI of you somehow and they just kind of glitch around but they don't impede your race uh which which honestly while that might look janky is kind of preferable to uh the way hotshot does things because uh yeah the my my biggest pet peeve about this game and what is really keeping me from enjoying it what, and, and wasn't so much an issue on normal but is now extremely an issue on expert is just the way that they spin you out I mean it just it makes me hate. Oh
2: the definitely. Game. And yeah. I don't I don't
0: hate this game, but like in that moment when I get spun out, I'm just like fuck this.
2: Uh, it's I'm finding when drifting <sighs> that the cars tend to get a little loose. Like when not drifting and just cornering. Wow, there's a really loud Mustang outside for no reason. <laughs> uh, I found it more in the speed class cars. Like there was a point where I had the Formula One and I was just trying to make a normal corner and just tapping in and hitting the apex. And I ended up three-wheeling it at one point.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, you, you it, can do that
2: I, a lot. I've got some video yeah. clips that are crazy. Yeah. Where you boost on a curb and then you jump 20 feet in the air.
0: <laughs> There's this one track uh, where you're you're driving over a dam that kind of has a slight bump right before you get to the dam portion. And that will usually, I mean, for me, it gets my car up on three wheels. And when I come down, it's a drift. And that feels very good. Like the physics of this game are kind of hit and miss to me because I really like when you're not drifting. I feel like that's fine. I like there's a sense of weight transfer. That's something that I really look for in a lot of games and like for the cars to have physicality about them. And I like that. Um, I like the initial feeling of turn in. What I hate is the lack of responsiveness mid drift. Like, yeah. it's really, mm, yeah. like, there's there's this one track. It might actually be the same one uh, with the dam I was talking about earlier. Uh, you, the first corner, you kind of drive underneath, like, a dilapidated, like, uh, aircraft uh, hangar type thing.
2: Oh, yeah, I know the one you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, so
0: the first corner has this double apex right. And, like, uh, until you really know how to take it, you know, you don't really want to drift in the first apex, but you want to drift around the second one. Like, when I approach this corner, I kind of approach the approach it the way I would an Outrun 2, which is just I'm going to do one long continuous drift around the entire thing.
2: And try to waggle it, yeah. Yeah,
0: which you can't do, because after about like, I don't know, a couple of frames, or like a couple of milliseconds or something like that, the amount of uh, control you have over the angle of the drift is greatly diminished, Mm -hmm. I feel like by like 80%. So like,
2: you basically have
0: to set your angle Mm -hmm. immediately and then after that it's just your passenger
2: <laughs> it's just you're stuck in the drift permanently so what i've been finding and i don't know if you guys have noticed this while you're playing but depending on whether you tap or hold the brake i've been finding that'll put you into wider drifts like so let's say if you do a quick tap you'll get a short a short drift but if you hold it for a good half second and turn in you'll get a little bit of a tighter drift than that
0: Mm.
2: that makes sense? i don't know it's just a weird observation i found while playing it recently
0: and that that might be the answer to my issues because like you know i will want to kind of adjust the angle uh you know sometimes i'll I'll try and steer i'll counter steer i'll steer harder um that won't do anything so it's like okay so maybe i just need to modulate the throttle that also won't do anything which that that probably is the most annoying thing to me because like I'm used to being able, like, oh, if I need a tighter angle, I, I, I go off the throttle, I go onto the brake. That works in a lot of games. I feel like yeah. uh, Need for Speed Heat actually, in a weird way, because it, it also has kind of the brake-to-drift the thing going on, handles pretty similarly to this game. However, like, I have much more control over the ways that the drifts kind of transpire than I do in Hotshot Racing.
2: Oh definitely. Well, cause then Need for Speed Heat does the like, oh you can feather the throttle and drift or you can brake and drift. Yeah. I yeah. remember that was like one of the first things it taught me in Heat. But otherwise, yeah, the handling's good. I like the handling. I really like the car selection. I'm gonna be yes. honest. I loved there's like yeah. so many cars in this game. All in virtuous style. And it's amazing. But yeah, the music's good. I'm with I I feel with the track design. The track design could have do- been done a little more technical. Like the courses could have used a little more corners. How did you guys feel about that?
1: Yeah, um, th- this is like I was saying earlier. The biggest bugbear for me, I just find it incredibly disengaging because the track designs are so simple. Like pretty much all of them are ovals with slight varying. And as soon as you notice that, it's hard to forget it. Like. I've, like the the general width for the tracks is really fucking wide. So, for example, on normal mode, you can just hold the accelerator in for the entire length of any given race. You don't really have to release it, even when you're drifting. Of course, you want to drift with the brake button. On expert, it's slightly more complex, but even still, the tracks look great. Um, the the scenery is really cool, but the actual the actual feel of driving is not the type of racing that i enjoy personally and that's why i'm not enjoying it like even even when it comes to verticality there's little to none on every track as well like it's one thing to go for perfectly kind of balanced tracks in terms of no major gradients it's another when the tracks aren't really designed well enough to make up for that and this is the issue i find a lot of the tracks feel like very long corridors with slight turns and I, it just kind of disappoints me a little bit because it does make for close racing especially in the expert category but there's never a corner where i'm like right i'm gonna catch them on this corner because pretty much all of them are almost identical save a few
2: yeah it's mostly like just the the quick corners you can drift like there's a couple of them but there's not too many where you have like overtaking points i guess i would call it
1: yeah casino runs probably the best one because it's got a few right handers and I guess that kinda of sums up nicely because that track had a few right handers that immediately stood out to me because the rest of them are all like those kind of very curved high speed tracks that funnily enough would work really well in a kart racer where there's weapons and stuff to mm-hmm. to kind of make advantage of those high speed sections. But here especially in the normal like gameplay mode, it's very uh very straightforward and boring. But it's good the slipstream mechanic is, is so kind of um Powerful because that does
2: make it a bit exciting. Yeah, and that's where I feel Outrun 2006 comes in, or Outrun 2 SP, in yeah. the drifting and slipstreaming. Yeah. Also, the boost mechanic. Boost is so heavy in this. Mm.
0: Yeah, I like actually. will you'll,
2: you'll start running a good line and then just have the whole pack boost past you, and then you just gotta farm boost to get back up there.
0: I, I like the way boosting feels, um, and I'm typically someone that doesn't enjoy that like i i'm one of those people who kind of feels like it was one of the things that just made ridge uh, Ridge racer kind of lose
2: its charm Um, i 100% agree with you
0: (laughs) but but in this game i do like that there feels very the, the effect of boosting feels very profound um it is you do have to rely on it you do kind of have to be strategic about like when you gather it and when you deploy it, which I also think is good, um, the, the AI is frustrating, and, and I've talked about that. So, so you kind of have to like, I, I usually stash a couple tanks or whatever in my back pocket until the last lap because, like, that's what I feel like I have to do. Otherwise, if like if I can't just rocket past the AI with boost and I'm racing next to them, they're going to end my race. Like, they're going to spin me out. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's kind of how you. It's, it's almost like a push to pass. The push to pass. To, um, I have to yeah. echo what you said earlier, Jason, about the mm-hmm. the car roster. It, th- that is definitely my favorite thing about this game. Uh, there are so many cars in this game way more than I, I would have assumed because uh, you have like I can't, off the top of my, head, I don't know, but let's say you have like seven different drivers and each of them has like four cars. So you actually have like a pretty extensive uh, selection of vehicles. And they are And a lot of like them are
2: like car references. guy cars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And and some like obscure ones too, because like in addition to like your Veyron or your Diablo or something like that, you have a car that looks like a De Tomaso Pantera. You have a car that looks like um you know, a Bentley Speed Eight. Like it's, it's kind of interesting. And of course they all like uh they all are uh tied to The driver, which the driver might have a different nationality or something like that. So the British youth has all the British cars. Uh yeah, the Japanese lady has all the the Japanese cars. And so like it's kind of it it's cool that 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 kind of gives it more of um uh, a retro feel. At the same time I, I I also feel like the game didn't really need Like drivers, like you can customize drivers, and I'm just like I don't really, I don't care. Like I want to customize (laughs) cars, which you can do, and the customization for cars is actually pretty extensive.
2: Oh, definitely, and there's a lot of stuff to unlock too. You get all the bobbleheads and all the dashboard lights, and like you could change your steering wheel. Uh, That's dedication to customization right there.
0: It's funny. I feel like that's a holdover of uh, when the game was being sort of. Uh, in development and was like Kickstarter and stuff and it had like a very heavy like uh different deformation sort of element to it and there were like um mm-hmm. sort of like destructive like car combat modes and parts of fly out so so i feel like they they designed the game where all of the body panels were able to be removed or or you know deleted from the car but then they didn't Retain that aspect of it. Back back when the game was Racing Apex, you watch videos mm-hmm. of it, and there's videos of like cars with machine guns on them shooting other cars. <laughs> yeah. Like depending on the game, yeah, mode and and like you know body panels flying off. There was and gonna be didn't a uh, make it.
2: yeah, there was gonna be a damage model if I remember right. There was gonna be a full-on damage model. Yeah, for those blocky cars.
0: Yeah, to be honest, like it's cool, but it's not. I don't miss it because like to me that was always sort of fringe to. If the, if this game is really a send up to the likes of a virtual racing or an Outrun two or Daytona the, the or whatever, the most you
2: get is your front bu- is your front wing falls off, and that's about it. Yeah, or your front bumper.
0: Don't don't really need to worry about uh, having a, a really sophisticated damage model, especially because yeah. you know, this is by an independent team and and not a lot of people. So you got to yeah. make your priorities.
2: Definitely. Yeah, I, there's there's such a weird there's such a varied selection. I feel like that plays into the multiplayer because you all like have your go-to cars and you just have a good time. Yeah, especially the fact eight-player net play—that's crazy for that. Man, if only Sega a just did that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, even even when you go to do like <laughs> uh, multiplayer online and like the Daytona Port on like 360 or whatever. It's like such a pain because, like, I think once you, because we we've done this enough with like the the Sega, uh, the Sega Europe folks, where it's like, w- once you make a lobby, you can't you have like no control over like the track you go to and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> there, there's definitely room was definitely room for improvement for a game like this to have a better sort of online component.
2: So it's definitely. All in all, I'm having fun with it, though. I, I like it. I mean, it could use some work here and there. And I feel like stuff will eventually get patched out a little bit with this DLC that they're teasing. The free DLC with a new championship and such.
0: Yeah.
2: But I, I guess we'll just have to wait for how it is down the road.
0: And I feel like this game could... It's a shame because, like, there's a, there are a decent number of tracks, too. Um... You have like four championships and four tracks each, which is, you know, sixteens okay for a, for an arcade racer. Uh, they're not, as Brendan was saying, I, I agree they're not very distinctive. So it feels like if you've been to one, you've kind of been to all of them. Um, yeah. But it is, yeah, it, it is old school to, to a fault in that like there's really just like the championship mode and then you can go online and that's it. You know, and and the championships are, they're Mario Kart style championships where they're races of four. Yeah. And you just try and clear them on the on the hardest, fastest difficulty level. So it feels like there's not much to do except to go through them all on expert, which, as I said, like I just tired of doing. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't do it.
2: Um yeah. I have one Grand Prix <laughs> left, and I still haven't done it. I have the last Grand Prix left on expert. I did
1: the first three on Normal and then did the last one on Expert. Because I was just, after I'd done the third one on Normal, I'm like, I've got to be missing something here. And then when I went on to Expert, I was like, oh, OK, so this ups the speed as well. I didn't know what the changes were going to be. So like, when I was kind of going through those first three Grand prix on Normal, I was like, this feels a bit slow. So it's good to know that it is actually faster on Expert. I, I honestly didn't have a clue. You
2: know, I was trying to figure that out. So what is it? It's it's Expert is a fast is faster yeah. speeds than normal and hard.
1: I think that's it. When I was playing on normal, like the AI were still aggressive, but in normal, like arguably the game kind of plays better against AI because everybody's always in a pack, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas an expert, because like it's so much faster, and that means the rubber banding becomes a bit more apparent. I think that's why you end up getting spun out so easily and stuff because the AI are boosting plus rubber band speeding right up and just taking you right out of the game. Um, it's good fun, but like a normal it's a bit slow but like the packs can get really close. So the way I was playing the game after I realised the kind of best way to win really. Um I just the first two laps I just try and stay in the pack and then just save up four bars of boost and use it the last quarter of the track. Win every time. That seemed to be a good way of going about it. But
2: yeah, then an definitely. expert is
1: a bit different because the AI are a lot quicker, so there's a slight bit more strategy in there which makes it good fun.
2: What i found with the expert races is getting a boost at the start and just boosting when you can. Just keeping that speed up and just keeping that lead, getting that lead every lap. I mean, the races are pretty short anyway. They're, what, three yeah. laps, right? Laps.
1: I thought it might have went to five in the expert mode. I was a bit surprised when it stayed at three. But it still, it doesn't over. like, that's the thing. It doesn't overstay its welcome in terms of race speed, it does get very exciting to play when like you're looking like, for one lap left. That's when the game really shines, I think, when it forces you into racing scenarios. Um, I just felt like, especially in normal, for example, a lot of the race just kind of feels as if it passes you by until that last, kind of, half of the last lap or whatever and that's when it shines and I think that's, but like we're saying, it, in terms of track design, usually if a game's got really good track design it's just fun to drive on full stop. Hot Shots really thrives when you're in those core racing scenarios, which I think is why the online multiplayer is seemingly the best way to experience the game.
0: Yeah, and, and I feel like the kind of subtext behind everything we're saying is, is while the game is fine enough, uh, you know, an experience like this that is very much just, here's a couple championships, go nuts, you know, talking about your, your old Sega Racers, your old Ridge Racers, stuff like that. Uh, the thing about those games is is that you wanted to keep doing, you know, the championship in Sega Rally uh, yeah. because because the physics and the track design were perfect, and, and they and they really left nothing to be desired. Um, you can have a game with limited content uh, where you kind of take a tour of it, and you're like, I've pretty much seen everything there is to see in in the space of a half hour. But if you're gonna do that, and I, I think we I think the three of us want more games like that, because those are games that we, we love, uh, and that we loved growing up. But if well, you're gonna definitely. do that, you need to really have, you know, essentially, like, almost a perfect gameplay experience. Uh, and that, that that consists of everything from the way the cars drive, the way the tracks feel, Uh, the way everything looks like it it needs to be so rock solid that's like if i'm going to be in this place for a long time and go through these tracks over and over and over and over again like it needs to to just work really flawlessly (laughs) and uh and i i don't think that at least for me uh Hotshot doesn't doesn't do that doesn't
1: achieve that yeah i mean that's the thing i didn't want to make this point because it sounds like is very kind of on-brand i suppose for arcade racing game fans to say this but it's always kind of quality over quantity for me and if you were to try and for example choose four tracks from the hotshot that really show what makes it special in terms of its driving physics and the racing experience I, I, I think you could use one of the 16 because they're all so interchangeable and while i love all the the car models are fantastic to have once again if it's a feeling of do you really need that amount of cars? Like I'm glad they're there. I just feel like in general the game has a lot of content behind it, like putting the the, the dice and the cockpit and stuff like that as well and the being able to change how your driver looks and stuff is really cool. But ultimately it feels like a lot of window dressing for the experience which you, like you were saying, Adam, just isn't quite there yet in terms of quality, in terms of the, the driving model and the tracks.
2: I feel like if we needed four courses that were just, like, the most fun out of Hot Shots, I really thought the highway courses were fun. Yeah. Like, I that, like that whole world. like those courses felt really well.
0: The casino one's decently technical, too. Because it's, it's got a lot of tight corners, but it's also got some yes. that are faster. Um, and, and some of them are very reminiscent of, like, old tracks from, from you know, classic Sega Racers. I feel like anytime time I'm driving through, like, the casino area, I think of OutRun 2 uh yeah. or I think SP uh, in particular. But the, the the other thing I wanted to talk about, because this is something that mm-hmm. uh, at least in the time extend community, we've been kind of going back and forth about for a while and, and, and there and there's no answer, but I think it's an interesting debate to be had. Um is kind of just the game's sort of aesthetic and and approach to uh j- just kind of the whole flat shape polygon thing because
2: like the virtua hard driving look
0: yeah yeah because i i think that there's some disagreement as to whether or not like like clearly this is a game that's inspired by do you say virtual racing hard driving yeah. um and and i guess i don't think that well, while I've always wanted another game to try that sort of look and honestly like Horizon Chase Turbo actually kind of does it too It's a, Horizon Chase Turbo is more of a send-up of like you know Top Gear and like the 16-bit like sprite scale erasers okay. back on like the SNES and stuff but has a similar look um, I just I feel like there's something missing and and I guess like I, I say that and I'm worried it comes off as like I think this game looks not good it looks like or something like that it's not that it's like I just wonder like you know, like, when I look at virtual Racing, uh, I'm mesmerized by that game because I think, I think it really looks pretty. It still looks pretty. Uh, it does the flat shaded thing, but at the same time, I feel like they're very... Uh, AM2 was very deliberate about choices in colors, uh, for example, and, and so all yeah. the tracks definitely have, like, a unique sort of motif to them. Um, Hotshot, obviously, you know, we're talking about a game made 30 years later that uh, is going with the flat shaded look. And while it definitely, uh, evokes the image of VR in my head, it doesn't look as pretty or, uh, just kind of dazzle in the same way. Uh, and again, I don't know why that is. I don't, I don't know if, if there's something they're not doing or if it's just I'm old and I like the things I'm with, with them, <laughs> sure definitely has no, I can, kinda, I can kind
2: of, I can kind of see where you're coming from because I'm thinking of it like virtual racing. Like that was what they did with what that technology they had back then. But then when you look at stuff like this and yeah, even horizon chase, like it has kind of the look of the older stuff, but there's like that little bit of modern in it that throws it off like were you like you can look at this game and you could say yeah no a model one board would never be able to do that
1: right the the kind of the way i described it in the discord we're having this conversation is like almost the difference between sonic 4 and sonic mania um sonic mania even though i don't know if technically it could run on like a certain i for example i don't know the specifics probably not But it was kind of still made with that idea that let's try and make what would be possible back then but add the the little bits of flourishes and polish where it needs to be. But ultimately speaking, you can look at a screenshot of Sonic Mania and be like, that looks as if it comes
2: from that era. I feel as if right away with Hotshot. It looks like a 32X Saturn game.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's what makes Sonic Mania really cool to look at. Whereas when I look at Hotshot, I can immediately tell it's like a modern game because while it has that flat polygonal look, it doesn't quite commit to it from a technical limitations perspective, as silly as that sounds. Like all the tracks are really busy and cool looking and like they they have a nice vibrancy to them, but it almost immediately immediately makes you think like, okay, so they chose the flat polygonal look purely um from an aesthetic point of view, which is fine. But it just means like in terms of how it actually looks when you're playing it, you're you can be in that mindset where this this game could probably still look as good if it had real textures, whereas Virtua Racing, as we've talked about, it had the limitations of the hardware to meet. So a lot of the design elements are very deliberate. It's one of the reasons why you think about it, something as simple as a bridge in the old Sega Racers can be like so iconic, because it stood out in amongst the greenery and the other parts of the track that go be on the clay bridge. But here, it's like, you go onto the Alpine track, and there's like a funfair to the side of the track for example and yeah it looks nice but it's one of those things where it just makes everything look a bit more kind of not messy but busy and i think a lot of the tracks are like that as well when you're in a jungle of course there's like six dinosaurs to the side of the track and stuff there isn't really uh yeah. there isn't really a filter basically on what are the showpiece things you'll remember this track by because there's at least three or four that have been put in whether it's the castle beside a fair the dinosaurs beside the jungle there's just like there's a lot of showpiece design going on that just immediately for me makes me think that this game doesn't really benefit from the flat like to look outside of him immediately invoking the you know which it's trying to, to
2: yeah yeah like it it looks like a good game like it looks good and it runs beautifully but it, it's it's that little bit of modern touch that I don't know like you know it like you were saying earlier you know this was made 30 years later so the look kind of throws it off a little but, but I get what they're going for
0: I think there is you know even with the best of intentions there's mm-hmm. going to always be a difference between the game that's made within technical limitations at a time and ends up yeah. being emblematic yeah. of that like you look at an old racing game from the 90s and You look at the chunky polygonal cars and you look at the sort of dithered uh, blocky textures and and that's just them doing the best they could at the time versus a game made under uh, circumstances years later with far more technological progress where they are um, sort of imposing these limitations on themselves but then also at the same time they're like we're going to make something that looks 90s (laughs) and I I think there's a difference. I, I think what I love about Sonic Mania, and I think bringing up Sonic Mania is a really good point, is that I feel like Sonic Mania is kind of made with a mindset of. I mean, I actually did see a, uh, a tweet or a quote or something. It might have been from Christian Whitehead. I don't know who it was, but it was something in the effect of like, we wanted to make a Sonic game, a side scrolling Sonic game, uh, as if the series continued from where it left off with like Sonic 3 and Knuckles or. Chaos, Chaotix or whatever, or Sonic CD. Yeah. Like, we wanted to keep going in that lineage and see what would have yeah. happened if the Saturn continued on that path. Uh, that, to me, is different than saying, like, we want to make an old-school racing game that's just 90s, you know, that goes for the 90s aesthetic. Because, like, one has more of a... The, the Sonic example has more of a, of a real trajectory and, like, kind of boxes you in to, like, here are the goals with this design whereas the other one is kind of just trying to realize a stereotype. And I think that is where games like Hotshot and Horizon Chase Turbo and uh, this new game that was recently announced, Victory Heat Rally, which is another sort of indie racer uh, that's coming to Switch that uh, sort of does this but for Power Drift. I think that's where these games lose me because, okay, you have the flat-shaded polygons. You have in in Victory He Rally's case, you have the Sega Y board crazy power drift sprite scaling thing going on. Yeah,
2: but, you have like the seventy different road sprites and the tilting right, camera, right? and all the <laughs> and all the and all the
0: sprites are kind of superimposed over each other, you know, based on perspective and stuff. You you've done that, but you also have like a really like over the top like neon sort of color palette you have um really really cutesy characters and stuff and i'm not saying a game can't be made with that look to it you know like i was saying this in the discord but like i think of the sonic pilgrim uh video game that that they thankfully is coming out again you know Skull years
1: <laughs> yeah <I> was, uh, <laughs> you like,
2: said has oh, <laughs> gone pilgrim oh my god um <laughs> the sonic pilgrim
0: game uh yeah exactly there's a lot of sonic references in yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think of the Scott Pilgrim game and like that kind of, uh, there's a different subtext there, obviously, cause that deals with the comics and stuff and, and the look established in that, but that has a very like bubblegum kind of sheen to it that these yeah. games have. And I think that's fine, but I would really like to see a game made with less of this general stereotypical idea of what the nineties was and more of a game made that actually goes back and takes a look at virtual racing and see like, yeah, uh, uh, Sega actually didn't go like I, I think Power Drift is a good example of this because like everyone has this idea of like the blue skies Sega arcade racer with the really over top colors. If you look at the mm. textures in Power Drift; they're actually pretty
2: dark and muted and sort of yeah, like Power gritty, Drift like detailed and gritty at the same time. Yeah, and
0: and that's why like I really kind of have come to dislike this stereotype of the blue skies racer because like it's it sort of misses the point. Like I look at I look at Rage Racer, for example. Rage Racer is yeah. so gritty and dark yeah. <laughs> and, like, grungy. And I love that. I think it looks it looks so, like, rustic and old. And, there is no racing game, except for maybe, like, the original version of GTI Club in the arcades that looks like Rage Racer. I want someone to make that kind of game. I don't want somebody to make a, it's 90s. Like, I, 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 I've I, had enough of that. I I'm, something, I'm good, I'm good.
2: I'm, I'm with you on that. I want something like a <laughs> Namco System 22. Like maybe a, like gritty old school Ridge Racer.
1: Yeah. Yes,
2: yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like,
1: I, I totally agree here. Um, I think that I, I said this right away, and immediately I just thought this was a personal preference thing. But like when I seen the word like characters in this game, like immediately that was already a red flag for me because the cars in these games have always been the icons. I don't need to know who drives Hornet. I just need to know Hornet exists. I know the Toyota Celica, oh. Lancia Delta, are real cars. Although, if you know oh. who drives
0: Hornet, it, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is, but it's like an optional lore thing for geeks like us. What I mean is, like, you don't define the Hornet by the driver unless you have right, that kind of right. inner knowledge. Whereas oh, the, the UK guy drives
2: UK cars. It's like extra flourish that doesn't really need to be there because yes, you already have the cars and the customization and such. <laughs>
1: That's it, exactly. Like, when we were talking about the customisation options and uh, Jason, you were saying you could, like, change the, the outfits of the characters and stuff as well, that's something I had no inclination to even know about. In exactly. terms of, like That's the first time I heard that was even a thing. And in my head, I'm just like, but why? Like, I don't mean it in a bad way. Like, less features isn't necessarily a good thing. But it kind of comes down to, I think, the overarching point of this discussion that if you're going to try and commit to, like, a certain era of games or a... certain style you need to kind of consider something like sonic mania that does it right in the sense that these are our limitations here are ways we can break them and it doesn't immediately ruin the image we're going for instead of just like Oh well, we'll go for the flat polygonal style, but we'll put everything else in the game that would like literally be able to be possible in any other art style. This is obviously yeah, exactly. very picky. Like, I don't want to sound so down on the game because I, I really appreciate the fact that it exists, and I'm glad that Sumo also helped get it over the line. It's just that I do not like whenever I, I read a tweet about how oh this game's like this and this and this put together, and that's all everybody can see. For me personally, that means the game as a standalone product sort of misses the mark because I don't think Hotshot has its own identity for gameplay or art style, and that just makes me a little bit sad. The, the Sega definitely Ages, see
0: that. The Sega Ages games are, I think, another good example of what we're talking about because you look at Sega Ages Outrun, and Sega Ages Outrun has new music in it that was made with the exact same hardware and limitations as you know a magical sound shower and splash wave and stuff yes and yeah. uh yeah, the original music, Line yeah. camino uh D'Amour, yeah that's right um <laughs> they're both amazing songs they're both incredible songs they could have fit you know brendan i remember us talking about this on a previous episode but but those songs could have fit exactly on any of the the soundtracks for any of the outrun games uh, and with them right at home and they're of the same quality of, of songwriting and uh, instrumentation in terms of like what they're doing with, the, with that hardware and with that, that audio technology, it's right there. There's a difference between that and like, I want to make chiptune music, you know, yeah. like, because, because when you say like, I want to make chiptune music, you're like, and and that can be very good. Like on is <laughs> amazing. Like I have no problem with that, yeah. but like, that's like, you know, Consoles used to limit how how many of this kind of, you know, wave or, or, or synth or something like that you could exactly. use because you only had so much memory. And, like, there, there's a difference between that and, like, well, now we have 40 Game Boys and they're all chirping, you know, on their yeah. own and stuff. <laughs> and,
2: uh, a little of bit of a similar Sega back and forth like you guys were talking about with Sonic and Sonic Mania. I kind of felt that way with Streets of Rage and Streets of Rage 4 with the music. Mm, yeah. Like how implemented Yuzo Koshiro's soundtrack was in the originals and then the new soundtrack just tries to go all over the place but tries to capture the same style and it just it's all over the place.
1: This was a point I felt like bringing it up. It. Like see if yeah. see if you call like a game like something turbo or whatever, you almost you got with the anticipation that the music's gonna be ridiculously over the top in terms of like What would be possible now compared to then? What would be possible gameplay wise compared to then? Which is fine, but for Hotshot, like we're talking about music that interlinks with what's happening on screen. Hotshot is a, a very nice soundtrack, I really enjoy the tracks in it, but there's just things like, for example, getting to the third lap and the music speeds up and stuff. It seems more inspired by kart racers as opposed to like what the overall. Aesthetic is trying to put across. That's just a more general point. I don't know if you guys agree. I like the soundtrack, but it does feel very much like it could fit a enough another sumo type racer. Well,
2: oh, definitely, it's a good soundtrack. Like, it yeah. provides good music for the racing. I actually know one of the people who made who worked on the soundtrack. It's funny. Uh but no, it, it, it's good music. But yeah, like you were saying, how there's like a shortened version when it's the third lap that's just faster.
1: There's definitely that car racer like feel
2: to it. And I'm glad that it's also on Spotify
1: so you can get a good look at it um, a bit more. I'm really impressed with the soundtrack. I just mean, in general, if we're talking about stuff that doesn't really fit the overall motif that you imagine kind of guided development, I feel as if it doesn't really suit any Sega racer that I can think of personally in terms of what it's trying to emulate. But I think it's still a great soundtrack.
0: It just reminds me of um, Horizon Chase Turbo where, where yeah. Horizon Chase's turbo soundtrack was composed by Barry Leach, who was you know legendary video game composer and, and obviously you know, did all the old top gear games back in the day. So, so this is a guy that uh, has innate uh, experience and, and knowledge of that franchise and what those games are going for. Um, and, and he kind of makes music that that sort of is a nod to that in Horizon Chase turbo. But also, kind of sounds like it was like plucked out of like the movie uh, Drive, like that soundtrack. Like mm-hmm. it's just yeah. like weird, like that
2: vaporwavey type of stuff.
0: Yeah, and like that, that loses me. Um, and I, that might just be like general sort of fatigue with the whole vaporwave thing, you know? Because it's just it's <laughs> such a, it, it is sort of this way to kind of repackage and make the '80s look more attractive than they maybe were in actuality that that came through in the 2010s uh and just like washed everything and like uh now is almost i i, I actually like attribute it more to like modern times or like maybe like you know 2012 like <laughs> like six or seven years ago like i attribute it to that more than i do to the 80s because it's so like it's it's so it's it's everywhere now millennials it's 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 millennials making 80s music and it's not and and it's fine i just yeah i i think it's really tough and 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 i guess i guess the the thing to take away from this conversation that we're having is it's not like i i would say you know it's not like Hotshots misguided or anything like that or these games are misguided they're going into it the wrong impression you know we have the things that we would like to see uh, but, but that's another story. I think it just speaks to how hard it is to make something that is a tribute and recognizes things that were beloved about a certain game that you're kind of holding up and honoring on this pedestal. I think it's a really hard thing to do. And so the fact that there have been a couple games, a few games over the years, I think that have done it well. And yeah. lots of games, I feel like, kind of fall astray in one way or the other. I think just speaks to the fact that it's really
1: tough. Yeah, it is, 100%. Definitely. We were talking about it in the Discord, and one of the points that I made there was, like, indie games for quite some time had this bad rep of simply trying to emulate what existed before, and that was, like, the selling point of why you should play it. And then there was, like, this renaissance of where indie games started to become more respected because they didn't rely on the visual style as a crux; They used the visual style as a means to create the game they wanted to play because it would be cheaper than whatever else we, um, that genre existed. I think we will see that at some point for racing games because, I don't know, it just, it, I don't think we should be getting into these games with the mindset of, oh, it's emulating this, therefore it should be pretty good and exactly like those games. But I do feel as if, if that isn't the case. There needs to be more of an identity on the track, and ultimately, for as nice as I think Hot Shots is as an overall experience, and it's been put together really well, I don't know what the identity of Hot Shots is supposed to be. Ultimately, when you you, you tear away that high polygonal look, and I think that's sadly where it misses the mark. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so we'll see what happens going forward. I mean. Uh, I, I actually wasn't aware of the DLC thing, so it's cool that uh, uh, it's cool that they're going to uh, continue, you know, sort of developing the game. Um, there, there's actually we we've talked about this to death, and, and it just slipped me because I was getting so into the discussion. But I do want to read uh, two tweets from Lucky Mountain because uh, I was talking about this with um, with uh, RX Chris, who is you know very active on Twitter and and one of our mods uh, on the Discord, and uh, we're just kind of basically having the exact same discussion the three of us having (laughs) just now and uh lucky lucky mountain popped in which very very happy and grateful they did it's cool that it's cool that they um are like uh having these conversations and just like talking to fans as much as they are because i feel like i don't i don't really see that uh in the industry and and they this was mostly around the um the visual style of the game and and they replied uh, for hotshots, we use vertex colors only as we want to remind people how virtual racing was made before textures. and we want to focus on frame rate rather than graphics. The second point to this, which is important and something that we haven't talked about at all. Uh, they, they go on to say, as we were making a racing game with a small self, small self-funded team at the time, one artist and one coder, not having enough time to make high poly models and set up high res textures allowed us to focus on having a lot of cars and tracks. Sometimes it comes down to what you can do with the budget, which of of course we have to acknowledge. Like, the budget is very very important when you're talking about an indie game like this. We're talking about any game, but especially a, an indie racer like this. Uh, and at the end of the day, you you work with what you have, and and fortunately enough, the marriage of uh, flat shaded polygon look and small team that doesn't have a lot of funding is it, it's good. It works out to make a game like that because you have to do less work. And, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that they they did like less work as in like the game is emblematic of that, but it's like it allows you to do the most with what you have and focus on other things like the handling, um, like like the uh, cars and tracks and the amount of content rather than you know, whether or not the texture, the grass texture looks good on this track, you know, so that's something that I feel like we have to be cognizant of as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. The visual style allows them to, to create the the game they want to create within its confines, for sure, and, I mean, ultimately this is an indie game we're talking about, and maybe it's on us sometimes that because we are so desperate for that, like, arcade race or renaissance to return, um, perhaps we... We get a bit too passionate about it but at the end of the day i think this is the exact type of conversations we want to be having about a game released in 2020 so at the very least we know that hot shots has been created with the right mindset and um i think pairing up with sumo to get over the line as well was fantastic um kind of yeah merge up between lucky mountain and sumo because we know what those guys are capable of and um, obviously they've kind of been making the take a cart racer primarily recently. But every so often I do wonder if maybe Sumo will re-emerge into this space with a, a kind of double A funded arcade racer. Because right now it's pretty much there for the taking for those guys. They know this kind of genre inside out. They've got the talent there. It'd be really exciting to see what they could do with like not having to rely on this type of visual style or limited content if they could actually like create a, a pretty a pretty nineties racing game in twenty twenty one or twenty two or whatever that would come out that would really blow us away.
2: Oh 100%. So like an all out sumo racer.
1: Yeah, exactly. You don't you don't be need dope. the the IP I would say these guys. Like they're very talented at what they do. I would love to see them just like go all out and create one like entirely fictional racing game with no existing manufacturers or anything, just like a proper arcade racing game that we used to get all the time but like yeah. with that sumo flair and full dedication because I really think those guys could nail it, especially with teams like Lucky Mountain also working with them. They, they've had the
0: capability to do this for twenty years. You know they 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 made, they made Outrun two you know they they poured outrun two to uh to Xbox and and work with Sega on so many racing games and still do and uh you know help with this one obviously. Yeah, I I want to see what they could do if they just make their own thing, and that's not even counting like they they were responsible for the uh, 360 version of Forza Horizon Two. Um, oh yeah, yeah, they they are they they are that studio that like really has a, the capacity to be like another one of those great like British racing game studios, like in my opinion. But like, uh, and and, and I I think you could classify them as such. I think I think what we're we're saying and the problem is like they they need they need their own project rather than to be sort of steered by by sega and kind of going into other projects and just helping out where they can because like they're they're clearly talented and they clearly know exactly what they want to do um and you know sonic team sonic racing was was kind of not the best example of what of, of them realizing their potential and likewise this game yeah. is like not you know it's like lucky mountain mountain you know uh, mainly behind it, and they kind of help get over the line, as you say. So, yeah, I I want to see what that looks like because I, I feel like there, there's such a limited amount of developers out there who even understand this genre and know what to do with it, and even and want to. Uh, so, I feel like they that that's just a natural place for them to to go.
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely. I feel I feel if you gave Sumo the keys and just make an arcade racer. Like we could definitely get a quality project out of that. Like any of those X racing yeah, those old racing game teams. Like if you somehow track down the Ridge Racer team or whatever's been working on Namco's racing games. Before P Cars and Shift and all that not Shift, mm-hmm. but before P Cars and all the stuff they've been licensing out now. Yeah. It just takes a good dev team to make a good project like that. But it's definitely a possibility.
1: Yeah, I think we, we've, we've heard this story too many times to count. It's just that for everyone pleading for this type of game, when it actually translates to sales and that type of thing and commercial viability, it, it must just be an absolute minefield because it, it's got to be one of the reasons why like Sega just won't go near uh, remasters masters of all stuff with licensing and stuff. They must not feel confident enough that they can even get that money back, which is a shame. So imagine an entirely new IP that doesn't rely on any existing IP and that type of thing. Quite a big risk for Sumo to take on all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I actually, uh, to to kind of sear the discussion in a little bit of a different way, because we have Jason on, and I want his opinion on this, I just want to weigh things. If you could have you know if if you could have like any arcade racer that you, that you wanted made uh whether that's sort of like a, a send-up of something that you really liked or some kind of like a new thing that like pulls from a bunch of different uh different games that you like or different sort of uh mm-hmm. genres like what what would that be like what is what is your if somebody can make a game today a racing game like what would that look like for you
2: my ideal arcade racer basically yeah I don't know. I'd want like something like the spirit of classic Ridge Racer, like because how you brought up earlier the nitrous system in Ridge Racer, I thought that kind of brought it down a little bit too. Like I liked how everything from Ridge One up to Five was basically learn th- learn how the game works, learn how to drift and handle and corner properly, easy to play, hard to master racing game. Like something like that. It's just fast, fun. You drift everywhere. I'd want something like that, or maybe something akin to either Moto Racer or Jet Moto. Like a fast, either super bike or hover bike game.
0: Yeah. So, so what I what I love about you too is that we I didn't even know you liked Jet Moto as much as you did until like maybe like a month ago or something like that when we were talking about it. But we we have like never talked about Jet Moto on this show. Which is really a shame oh. because, uh, I mean, I, I love Jet Moto. Um, I have some issues with Jet Moto, just pretty much as that being that like the game is way too fast for me and I'm awful at it. But I really <laughs> like the idea of it, and, and it is really cool. And I feel like one day we have to we have to have a show about like um, really the uh, the sort of early PlayStation single track like racing games like Jet Moto. And you could you could throw Twisted Metal into there. I mean, I haven't played one of the original Twisted Metals in so long, but those those two franchises were pretty much like indispensable to the PlayStation One in the first like two years of its life.
2: Oh, definitely. Well, I fell in love when I, when I when we first got our PlayStation. This was like way back. Like our first couple of games were Jet Moto Two, Gran Turismo One, and Road Rash Three D. And I just ended up playing Jet Moto Two constantly. I didn't even know there was a first or a third one until like years later. And it just all started from there. Like the soundtrack was good. The the hand I I got used to the handling pretty well. I, it wasn't that difficult. But once you play in the expert classes, the AI just murders you entirely. It's like you brought up in the Discord the other day with test drive mods.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, the AI in that game is is (laughs) aggressive, to say the least.
2: But I think that's definitely a conversation we should have one day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Go over the single
2: track history.
0: It's such a... Because you know what is like is? They're so forgotten now. Like, there was that Twisted Metal, uh, you know, kind of reboot, new entry in like 2011 or 2012 Mm -hmm. or whatever year that was. That was a pretty damn good game. Uh, that unfortunately that that is a perfect example of what you were talking about brendan where it's like everyone's seemingly everyone's asking for a new twist of metal everybody wants this game people miss twist of metal there hasn't been one in like 10 years and then they make one and nobody buys it <laughs> <laughs> and then can you really blame sony for not making a new one can you really blame sega for not making you know a new arcade racer along the lines of their older ones like not really when the market doesn't sort of back up what it Thinks it wants.
1: I think like Nintendo struggled from that a lot as well. Like the most obvious one in recent times was when they, they made a new Punch Out game for the Wii, and like it was oh a new Punch Out game incredible and stuff. I can't believe they brought that back, and then like nobody ended up purchasing it, and it was just a total waste of time until Little Mac could get in Smash, and then people cared about yeah. Punch Out again. And I think like with F Zero, there might be a little bit of that where I think. A lot of people ask for an F-Zero game. I wonder how many have actually played an F-Zero game, and it's not just because of Captain Falcon and
2: Smash. I I am with you on that. Yeah. yeah I, don't like, I don't know. I could talk about some F-Zero.
0: I think a new F-Zero would sell, because I feel like Nintendo has so few failures these days, that like <laughs> yeah. I honestly I, feel like I feel anything like... they make would do well.
2: Mm-hmm. I feel like even even either making a new title or doing what they've been doing recently, not how they've been doing the Mario, not the Mario collection, but if they did bundle all the F-Zeros, like besides the Super Nintendo one, like X, GX, AX, because AX actually handles a little differently than GX does. Like AX has a dedicated drift in everything. It's crazy. Which
1: is
0: amazing because I have no, I've never played AX before in my life. It's, It's one of the like, main, like, sad, like, things I've missed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They've got the emi oh. now uh, based on the, the new Mario collection, so... Yeah, a bit silly not to put them to use outside of that, but it'd also be very Nintendo for them not to use them outside of that.
2: Yeah, like, it, it's the Nintendo thing. We all know the Nintendo thing. If it makes sense, they won't do it.
0: <laughs> and I don't know, you know, I. I'm trying to think have have they ever like remade the game that was also like co-developed with a different studio because like then sega would have to be on board with it because because to be honest like i don't like f-zero x like i i actually i don't think f-zero is that yeah. great a series except for gx that's like my the, the thing that i feel like one of my hot takes i, that mean... I feel like most people would disagree mm-hmm. with like it's fine but like honestly like i never really want to go back to any uh, whether it's F-Zero I or feel Super like, Mario Kart, like the SNES yeah. ones.
2: I feel like F-Zero's like that, if you like it, you like it. If not, it's still kind of cool. Like, oh, yeah. from the outside looking in.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think, like... People always say, like, F-Zero's got more character than Wipeout, and I think that is just that kind of... The, the Nintendo touch definitely makes it something that people be willing to play, whereas... Sony making a new Wipeout, sadly, probably wouldn't find that much of an audience, especially with all the character-driven stuff that Sony specialises in now. I think if Nintendo did make a new F-Zero or ported to the older ones, I think they'd find an audience on Nintendo Switch because of how... Like, not from a gameplay perspective, in terms of being easy to kind of grasp, just in terms of the characters and the ship designs and stuff, it's all very much in the Nintendo way of doing things. So I think it could potentially be a success but it's if they want
2: to take that risk exactly yeah. i i see that i see that going down with f-zero some point later down the road either a re-release or like hey we're gonna put out this free downloadable one to try and see if y'all like it and then maybe we might make a new one maybe
0: give me a new yeah. wave race that's what i want <laughs> <laughs> or at yeah. least let me play wave Race 64 that. on the switch i mean wave race Wave Race 64 is like one of the best games that company has ever made and I don't, you know I understand the words that I just said and I fully I'm fully cognizant of them I, I think Wave Race Wave 64
1: is, is a good game. one Yeah I can't believe that Mario Kart 8 didn't have any Wave Race content at all given that they were very, in that game they quite enjoyed visiting their other series and stuff, I think uh, a Wave Race track could have been really cool I don't know how they would do it, but like
2: well, I mean, the easy. cars can drive under the water anyway, so I oh, guess they yeah. do like driving on a dock and then driving underwater through Dolphin Park, I guess. I think somebody cool.
1: said in a YouTube video I was watching one of the times one of the cart designs is a jet ski, apparently, kind of a, a shortened down version with the, the no licensing in <laughs> place, uh, the one from Wave Race or something. So maybe there is like a kind of very subtle reminder of Wave Race in there.
0: Nintendo is a kind of company that they need some sort of overri- overriding gameplay idea or hardware technology idea for them to make games that are
1: <laughs> yeah
0: honestly for them to make anything new like they are that they they are so against although you know the exception to that obviously is like your Breath of the Wild 2 and I mean we haven't seen that game yet but like or your Super Mario Galaxy 2 where they really were like well, the first one was good, and we feel like we maybe have more things to uh, to contribute to this to this idea, uh, to this yeah. pitch, so they go back to that well. But for the most part, they don't do that, and it's a shame because, like, that's the kind of energy that this genre needs, you know? Uh, no. yeah, Wave Race 64 was largely inspired just by the idea of, like, we think we can, we can create, like, really engaging, believable, realistic, fun water physics. And that, like, that will unlock this sort of, like, new sort of gameplay potential. And, um, and it did. But then, like, there have been, there's there's been 20 years of, of advancement in terms of, you know, being able to design physics like that and computing power <laughs> and whatnot. Just think of what they could do now if they really cared to. And yet, for some reason... There's and...
2: still only three Wave Race games. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And one of them's just top down on Game Boy. (laughs) One of them
0: doesn't really count.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, The best example of that is like Nintendo, outside of like the Metroid Prime series, was like just totally against making a shooter of any kind multiplayer-wise, and then they looked at the Wii U of all things and went, "Yep, that's the hardware we'll use to create Splatoon." And right away, that's became like a huge success in Japan and stuff. But it took them. Like you're saying, Adam, a specific type of hardware or something for them to give it to give it a go. If they were just that experimental most of the time, I think that would solve a lot of the issues the company tends to have. And if any kind of big company might sponsor, so to speak, a, an ambitious arcade racer. Funnily enough, it could be Nintendo in a different life.
0: The funny there. thing they, is, they, they, they need more. They need more. Need, they need more gearheads <laughs> and people who who like cars and uh yeah. racing games in there i think that's they need more
2: it. car guys they need more
0: car guys car guys and drugs <laughs> i need more of them at the, yep.
2: the funny thing that you mentioned like the new hardware and like i guess i would call it a system gimmick of some sort is that was pretty much why they stopped making f-zeros at least i read about it in an interview forever ago it was like oh if we can make a new f-zero with like a system gimmick or like a control gimmick yeah, that would about- be interesting
0: was was that the same uh interview where miyamoto basically said that like we've made mistakes as a uh, we've made mistakes in like partnering with like certain other developers and like f-zero gx is one of them which is like one of (laughs) of the most like offensive (laughs) things i've ever read like
2: that that is pretty offensive they made arguably
0: like your best racing game that your name has ever been on and like you don't you don't recognize that okay
2: yeah, like, yo, it's Amusement Vision's best project next to Super Monkey Ball, but...
0: Yeah. go Negoshi, a fucking legend <laughs> who only ever makes hits, like... Yeah, I will not no, stand for that. No, worst
2: game ever. <laughs> but I, I agree, I will not stand for that either.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that, that just about wraps... Uh... Definitely wraps up the hotshot discussion and, and I like that we were able to talk about some other things in there too. We're coming up on about an hour and 20 here, so probably probably a good place to, uh, to wind down. Um, something I wanted to mention real quick, because uh, I'm going to try and get this show up relatively quickly. We're recording this five days out, but um, on September 25th, we are going to do another Endurance event. Uh, this time like like we did for grid except this time it won't be through stadia um it's going to be uh Project Cars 3 on the PC and uh we're we're going to do a, a F355 challenge tribute race because we're going to do a one make F355 race uh at Sugo we're trying to get 30 drivers It's probably the race is probably going to be about 40 minutes and uh about i think uh, the time would be like 22 30 Uh, BST which is about 5 30 p.m eastern and we know that part of the success of the of the of the stadia event was that stadia was free and everyone could get it and that obviously won't be the case with this project cars thing and it's on pc (laughs) and there is no crossplay, so we may not hit the full amount but if if you have any uh interest in being in a a big race uh in project cars and you can play on pc and you want to join us uh, we'd really love to have you. So, uh, reach out to us, DM us, let us know. I'll send you the information. You can sign up. And uh, Friday the twenty fifth, we are gonna we're gonna race.
1: We are indeed. I can't wait. The, the grid event was chaotic beauty.
2: <laughs> the, the grid event was a hoot. I'll say that much. That was so much fun. Yeah.
1: If anything, it's just great to play with such a large group of people.
2: Like, it's just such a good laugh. Um, Bren, just um, don't get suspended this time. Yeah, I- thing I'll try do. my
1: best. It's um, <laughs> a really good, really good event, for those that don't know. Um, randomly come up on the screen that I had been suspended from the server. I'm not quite sure what triggered that, but um, I'll be trying to avoid that this day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. We were all just driving it, then we see in the corner Bren got suspended, and we all just lost it. Like, how did that even happen?
0: That was that a ah, good the time. There, there were so many things wrong with that experience but i mean right at the end of the day like
1: yeah i mean even the attendee list was phenomenal we like some people from euro gamer in there uh, Mike channel as well from outside xbox it was it was wild like the, the group of people coming together to hit that magic 40 number and then when it said 40 out of 40 in the lobby it was just like holy shit
2: <laughs> meanwhile yeah. hey we got 40 people in a lobby as we're just demolition derbying donuts around
0: we're doing one lap qualifyings, everyone's like in everyone else's car and then the race starts and we're all starting on different parts of the track somebody qualified with like a, a <laughs> 1.2 second lap time oh
2: my god or like a 0. 0.3 yeah <laughs> i remember somebody just got like 0. 0.36 seconds i'm like how how do you get that short of a lap time
0: you play on Stadia, that's how. <laughs> yeah, you play on Stadia Stadia Moment. That is how. So many stadia moments. I'm here I'm here for Aww. all the stadia moments. Definitely. Uh, so uh Jason, I, I know you yes. uh, you've got a couple things going on, some projects. What uh what would you like to plug?
2: I would like to plug now it sounds weird when I say it like that. <laughs> I, I,
0: I say it first, so you have permission.
2: It's all good. <laughs> Uh, so besides writing about random racing games on the internet and Twitter and talking to these guys, I also write for a publication called Megavisions. We are a Sega-focused magazine. We focus on all eras. Well, mostly Sega, but we also focus on a lot of the other modern stuff, too. We had a Horizon Chase Turbo review a couple of issues back. I feel like we're definitely going to have a Hotshot review eventually. But you can grab uh, our newest ev- issue is available on sale over at megavisionsmag.com. We have a Patreon. Uh, it's about twelve dollars subscription. Bunch of extra content everywhere. Our art's really good. I I know that's not really a high selling point, but I'm trying here. I'm not the <laughs> it's, best it's with a, plugs. It's a,
0: it's, it's a high. It's a high selling. Point. It's a high.
2: it, it it's close. Yeah. But no, I've been writing with these guys for years. We're all we're all a bunch of good Sega guys. We all get together just write about reviews and stuff and it's a good magazine. Very high quality. We do streams every once in a while too. I feel like we're inevitably gonna be streaming Hotshot. We might have to link up for that actually. Yeah. If we're doing it on PC. Yeah, that might sure. be a good little crossover. But yeah, other than that. I'm 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 pretty much good. You can follow me on Twitter, I guess, if you like if you want to see me and Adam give ourselves hot takes.
0: <laughs> what what's what's your Twitter?
2: My Twitter is Kusanagi seven sixty five.
0: Yes, the uh the sex number. Yes. No, the, the Namco number. Sex. I'm sorry, I'm Yeah. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no, no, it's both. It's both. It's both. Don't worry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Uh all right, so Brendan, do we do we have anything we need to say? Are we,
1: are we good? Uh, let me think. we <laughs> have already we've already plugged the project cars event, which is good. Um I guess a small apology that last time we talked about doing the hot takes next. Yes. Um yeah. Hot Shot took priority this time. Damn racing games coming out. We will get to hot takes. We promise. Hot takes is gonna be
0: hot takes is gonna be, is gonna be next. Uh we, we were gonna do hot takes. And then we left it up to, to you, the listeners, and you all yeah. mostly voted for Hotshot, uh, which I, I was surprised and happy about because um, as much as I love the Hot Takes episodes, uh, it, it does give me a little bit of faith in humanity that we're not all so excited to be angry with each other, that we'd rather <laughs> talk about a new racing <laughs> game instead of just like, your opinion's wrong, you're stupid, <laughs> you know, Need for Speed Most Wanted 20, 2012 is an actually good game, which is true.
2: Oh uh, enthusiasm! <laughs> <is great. laughs> I
1: think is like, great. <laughs> in terms of listens as well, just on a side note, I, I'm very surprised to see that the episode where we discuss Gran Turismo 7 and Dirt 5 is actually our most listened to episode for the past year, amazingly. So like, I, I was shocked to see people really care about our opinions when it comes to newer racing games, because I thought people were mostly here about the rants and nostalgia stuff that we... We love covering, so you're it's so good
0: with the shit post thing. like that. It's, I mean, you're it, it actually, it's great because I feel like it'll, it attracts a lot of people and gets us clicks and, and shit and engagement. But also, I feel like it, it, it maybe makes people well. I thought it made people think we were stupid, which isn't tech, isn't that off base, but apparently, not apparently, you're, you're right. They did, they do want to know what we have to say about uh, GT7.
2: If, I mean, for uh, every for every shit post, there's a good opinion about a racing game, so that balances out. All of I mine are bad. It.
0: All of mine are bad. All of mine are <laughs> only <laughs> exclusively. I wouldn't say
2: all record. of them. <laughs> there are a couple. You, I wouldn't say all. <laughs>
0: well, you'll have to. Uh, I I know you got some hot takes in you, Jason. So you'll have to you'll have to share those with us before we do. Oh yeah, so. I'll
2: have to tweet. I'll I'll have to tweet them back. I got you. <laughs> all right.
0: right Rush is good well Rush is good that's not a hot take <laughs> alright thank you everyone for listening uh, this one was a lot of fun thanks uh, thanks to both of you for being here uh, and we'll see you again next time
1: thanks
2: for listening guys yep thanks thanks you guys for having me of course